the atmosphere of all the Irish fans and it was just incredible to see those green jerseys walking around like really and truly Irish fans Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app The Koi Gig Pod on OTB Sports in association with Cadbury a player and a half deserves a glass and a half of support Top pocket goal! It's what dreams are made of They are going to the World Cup Finals! Hello and welcome to the Koi Gig Podcast. Kathleen McNamee here live from Perth on what is uh, an evening that's hard to put into words. Definitely a lot of pride around the place, but also disappointment as Ireland are no longer able to get out of their group stage in the World Cup. To look back on the game tonight, I am joined by our usual Koi Gig panel of the one and only Captain Karen Duggan. And of course legendary Emma Byrne how are we both feeling after that I'm so sad (laughs) so sad (laughs) obviously like you said really proud but it feels like an opportunity lost doesn't it yeah I just I just feel a bit drained to be Mm. honest such um, a build up and the first half was so good apart from the last two three minutes but uh, the build up was so good the girls were so good the first half and yeah. then it just fell apart in the second half, unfortunately. Yeah, it's kind of hard to put words on your feelings. Like this is about the fifth show I've recorded since the final whistle went and I still don't think I'm any closer to kind of summing up my feelings. But I suppose that's like, let's go back to the start. Let's go back to the happy moments that we had. We officially have our first ever World Cup goal and it came as a Katie McCabe Olympico. Uh, Couldn't have been more spectacular. Couldn't have been more poignant and perfect. What were your live reactions? I know you guys were both doing studio work. So you were in studio watching it, I assume. What was your feeling? I personally jumped straight into the air, forgot I was in a press box and uh, someone behind me was like, can you please sit down? And I was like, sorry, (laughs) just having my moment here. It, it took me a minute. It actually took me a minute to realize what just happened because, you know, with this World Cup as well, with all the, the technology, it, I have to wait for it to be confirmed and they actually kick off again. So I was like <laughs> sitting there waiting, waiting. Nobody was really reacting. And then when I realized that's it, the goal, goal given, I was just jumping in the air. In fact, everyone was. Everyone was jumping in the air for ITV. I think um, we've gained some fans in there as well, by the way. Uh, it's just brilliant. It's brilliant. I mean, mistake by the goalkeeper, but you know, it was a great corner. Yeah, it was a great whip on it. Yeah, no, I absolutely did the same as you, Kathleen. I was up in the air. If I hadn't been wearing heels, I probably would have taken off on a sprint. But it was <laughs> such a moment. It was so early. We started so positively, and it was just it was an unbelievable feeling as a supporter. And um, you don't get many moments like that, but. That was really, really special. And the fact that we didn't then sit off, that we kept playing that well throughout the majority of the first half, it just kept building and building your confidence. The excitement levels were through the roof. I can only imagine what it was like in the stadium because it sounds uh, unbelievable. Like you could hear the feels of Atten Rye ringing through the television. Um, the support sounded incredible. And yeah, it was just all going so, so well, too well. 
Yeah, no, the atmosphere in the stadium was incredible in that moment. It's so funny, like looking back on it now or even 10, 15 minutes after the goal, it felt like it all happened so quickly. Like all of a sudden they were back playing and I was like, wait, I didn't get to enjoy Katie and the team celebrating this goal. But the minute that goal went in, the whole place just erupted. Like the attendance tonight was 17,065, I think. I would be surprised if there was even two or 3,000 Canadians in there because it was just Irish fans and the whole place erupted. Everyone was on their feet. There was like different portions of the crowd were practically having sing-offs because someone would be chanting ole, ole, ole and other ones were doing Fields of Athens Rive. Other ones were doing Stand Up For You Girls in Green. Like it was just sensational. And as you say, because the team kept up that intensity for those, like for that period after the goal, you could feel the hype and the fever pitch building a little bit in the stadium and like the crowd just absolutely egging them on. Like I know we had that brilliant moment in Sydney with, you know, 70,000 people, but it felt as electric in the stadium tonight. Um, For you guys, like looking at that super positive start, what was it that Ireland had over Canada up until probably the own goal that kind of made us be the team that were on top. I mean, one of the guys described it as almost felt like the team had the string on a ball and the passes were just being so perfectly strung between everyone. Yeah, we were just braver, really, weren't we? In our press, we were energetic. We didn't fear the occasion. In hindsight, when you look back on that first half in Australia, maybe the occasion was a factor and there was a bit of fear there. And we just had a different confidence level, I think, in our play. We knew we could get at them and we knew that they had weaknesses. I think like if Buchanan hadn't been whipped off, I think she was potentially someone we could have targeted um, to get sent off in that second half. And that shows the, the concern that they have that they took her off. Um, and it was just the distances between the lines were really good and the fact that we weren't affected by Heather, um, obviously a late withdrawal and that didn't filter down through the team or cause any nerves. Um, but yeah, it was the energy levels and the bravery. Obviously, Katie was pressing a lot higher. Anya was doing the same and it allowed the likes of Lucy Quinn and Sinead Farley to actually see the ball in a, a more advanced position, um, which we really didn't do in the last game. So all very, very positive. Um, I think a lot of credit goes to the girls and how they approach the game. I'd say they took it upon themselves to say, you know what, we have the players to loosen the shackles a little bit. Um, and they showed that and then we lost it. <laughs> mm. Before we get onto that, and we're going to like let us sink into the happiness for a little bit more. <laughs> Emma, what was it for you or who was it for you in that first half that you were really impressed with? Well, I just thought we defended the central areas so well. I think, Mm -hmm. you know, the press was so good, which is really difficult to get right. And it's the first time I've seen us press excellently. Like we just press from the centre, force them out wide. And they, they just didn't know what to do because I think their whole game plan was to play centrally especially Jess Fleming on the pitch. They wanted to get her on the ball and we didn't allow that to happen. I think they thought that our eights would go to the fullbacks, but our fullbacks took that on, which was brilliant to see. Yeah, And it was because the central players got their position and so right. Yeah, the fullbacks were higher for sure. But I just think that the pressing from Rusha, from Denise, from Sinead Farley and Lucy Quinn was absolutely spot Mm -hmm. on. And then... Of course, we're going to talk about Kira Carusa, who was, for me, absolutely 
brilliant in brilliant. the first half. Like she was just class. As soon as the ball, she put the fear of death into the two central defenders and Jills and Buchanan. Like they did not want the ball, which was brilliant. Right. And, you know, we, we just did everything right. When we got on the ball, we kept it. We did, we passed really nice balls up into the spaces for Caruso to run onto. It was just a brilliant yeah. performance all around. My dad agrees with me. Lolita is in total agreement. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was just it was just fantastic. The best defensive then transition of play I've seen from Ireland. Yeah, ever. I agree. I think that since our Finland away performance, I don't think I've seen us play on the front foot as well as that. Um, and yeah, I just yeah, that was it. It was just front foot. Yeah, it was still defensive, but it was much higher up the pitch. I, obviously, I was looking at ball retention stuff, but we didn't exert as much energy as we had to in the Australia game. Um, so that's why we were able to like get up in support of Kira when she did get the ball. Um, yeah, and like Emma said, I think we could wax lyrical about her because um, she was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, like we made mm. the back four Canada look very, very average. Mm. Like she didn't know what to do. The whole talk. At the start of the game, before the game was all about Ashley Lawrence, Kate McKay, blah, blah, blah. Who cared? It didn't matter. We mm-hmm. won that battle. We completely won that battle in, in terms of getting their defenders on the ball and allow them, allowing them to play. They had no answers either. These long balls that were just going over the top were, you know, bread and butter for our back line. And they were mostly going out for kickouts and mm-hmm. even Courtney's kicking was really good in the first half so um, yeah they, they played into our hands um, we got it spot on yeah I felt like some of those long balls that they were putting in felt eerily similar to us in previous iterations when we didn't really know what we were doing and you were just hoping for something to come of it then obviously we had the goal uh, Megan Connolly on goal um, Cross came in she just tried to kick it out instead it deflected off her and kind of squirmed under Courtney Brosnan. For you guys, was that the changing of things in the game or was it more so the second half, the substitutes for both sides and how much that changed things? Yeah, I mean, the the goal was really disappointing. Like it was well past the time for the referee to blow up and we would have been complaining about that, wouldn't we, Karen, if we were on the pitch? But the point is it could have been stopped. Like this is the disappointing thing Mm. that we gave away two goals that we could have stopped. And we're so good defensively. It was wet, slippy, you know, it bounced away from Courtney Brosnan. But for me, as soon as Grosso, who was a deep blind midfielder, by the way, who had made that run uh, into that left-hand channel, Neve went out. Grosso's first touch was back and we didn't Mm. push up. You have to step there, yeah. You've got to step up. And as a goalkeeper, you've got to push them up because you want that space to come into and you don't want any traffic in there because that's exactly what happens. It comes off players. So that's a big mistake for us because Mm -hmm. we're so good at it normally. Um, So, yeah, that was a bit disappointing. But for me, it was the second half that changed everything. Their substitutes, our substitutes um, really changed the balance of the game. And do you think there was one that was particularly more changing of the balance? Like I know a couple of people mentioned about Lucy Quinn coming off. Other people said it was the other substitutes that came in like a little bit later. What what was the change in the balance? Yeah, I think it was Lucy Quinn because we um, we were already kind of at sixes and sevens before we made the, the triple substitute, which again, I don't think was 
fully necessary that early. It was almost like the criticism of Vera not using her bench or not using it early enough played on her mind. Um, and she just, I don't know, pulled a bit of a banger on that one because it just it didn't make sense at that point. The halftime substitute to me made no sense. I thought that we had the balance of everything right. I thought Lucy slotted into that um, higher midfield box role very, very well. thought the right side was operating absolutely fine. That's where a lot of our joy was coming through. And I know a lot of people were talking about starting Abby Larkin after her performance the last day, but Abby came on and she came on in the latter stages of the match when the game had opened up and could be an impact. So we needed to start the second half the way we did the first half um, because realistically, again, at that point, it's like the start of the game. It's level playing field. And we knew that a result level playing field would have been enough. So to make a change when everything barred that last phase of play where we coughed up the goal was going so well, it just disrupted the dynamic a little bit and was unnecessary. Obviously, you were going to be a little bit dejected after conceding that close to half time. So I think you really need to reset and making changes when you're trying to reset to me doesn't make sense. Yeah, it was just, I think it, it was kind of a mixture of everything. It was a time in the game where it was the perfect time to settle it down mm-hmm. and really think and be ex- experienced. And I know this is our first time in the World Cup, but we've played lots of pressure games before. This is the time to settle down. We're doing a really good job. They've made three changes at halftime. I guarantee you their manager was going absolutely mental at them. And that's what you want. Mm. I mean, their manager is going crazy. They've made three substitutions. Obviously, they know it's not working for them. We're on top. They scored a crappy goal. Um, at the end of the half, like we're on top, let's get at them, let's get at them, let's keep doing what we're doing. And no disrespect to the girls that came on, none whatsoever, because I actually yeah. think tactically we changed as well, not just uh, the players changed, tactically we changed. And we didn't have Rusha and Denise sitting in guarding that central areas. They brought on Christine Sinclair and Schmidt, who both play centrally and are both very good at it. So for me, it's exactly how you started. We stopped that ball going in centrally. And yeah, okay, we might try to release Katie a little bit, but then I'm going to tuck someone in right side. If I'm going to release Katie, you know, towards the end, I might be like, right, Katie, we're going to play 15, 20 minutes, and then you're going to go. Although we didn't need to. It was 1-1. We were quite happy. That's that's my point. We didn't need to. If you did want to go for it, which, okay, we could have because we were the better team. We were on top of it. I'm going to tuck someone in right-hand side because it didn't really matter about the right. That wasn't even in play. Like, they weren't playing, we weren't playing down that side. So just, you know, let Katie go, but took a, a, a defender in on the right side. But I just think, like, nothing to do with the players that came on. I think they were came on and told, let's get forward, let's get forward. And it wasn't the time to do that. It was a time to settle in do what we were doing and really annoy them because they were getting so frustrated with us. Yeah, because I think they actually did bring Sinclair into the play quite well. She was getting a lot of a lot of joy, like, you know, holding the ball up, bringing them into play, which they just didn't have that space to do in the first half. And when That's you're kind did. of when your talisman is on the pitch and she starts making moves and doing these things, it's obviously going to give the people around them a lift. And Canada did lift it quite a bit in the second half. Obviously, they had fresh legs on, but it was almost like it was our own doing. 
Yeah, as soon as you see Sinclair on the pitch, who I was actually quite glad didn't start, by the way, mm. because he's extremely good with her back to goal. And it's not our forte. That's someone that plays with their back to goal and sets it off for deep line midfielders. But as soon as she comes on the pitch, you know you have to stop that ball going into her. And if you can't, you know you have to pick up the seconds for the midfielders that are running through. So... I thought we had it spot on first half and it would have been even more spot on if we did the same in the second half. Do you think we're seeing like a limitation or maybe a lack of big tournament experience from Vera in terms of, you know, she had those comments at halftime about in the Australia game about a mistake was going to define it for either team and the players said afterwards that, you know, that was kind of in their and then we see you're making this change at halftime when now that it hasn't been confirmed yet whether Lucy was injured or if there was something else up so that is also a possibility but yeah, if it was just purely a tactical apparently it was tactical apparently it was tactical but to me it seemed like she'd almost planned it before the game because mm. why else would you have taken Lucy Quinn off? Yeah, well, it didn't really make any sense. I remember, like, in the stadium, whenever everyone saw Abby warming up, we thought maybe she was going to come on, like, 10, 15 minutes into the second half. And when she was put straight on, everyone was like, oh, is, uh, maybe Sinead Farley or someone is coming off. Maybe she doesn't have the legs. And when people saw it was Lucy Quinn, there was a genuine confusion that rumbled through. Even the Canadians were a bit like, is there something wrong with her? What's going on there? Um, Emma, you mentioned the fact that like Ireland did actually change things up tactically in relation to the players that they were bringing on. Do you think the... I know obviously with the way the game went, you can't ultimately say that they were a success, but do you think it was the right thing to do at the time with the players that were on the pitch and just that we didn't have the skill to execute it or Canada were that little bit ahead of us at the time or what did you make of them? No, like I said before, I don't think we should have changed a single thing. We had set up in the first half to stop the ball going into the central areas and we were doing such a good job. And then when you see the players that they were bringing on, it was very evident that they were going to play centrally. So I don't really get why we changed that. I understand why you want to get Katie up the the pitch, but at 1-1, we would have been talking about how we're going to beat Nigeria and how we're going to qualify And that's the big thing. It's not about winning the game, although you'd love to and we could have. It's about getting the result and staying in the tournament. And the fact that we're even talking about this is an absolute amazing feat. Like it's brilliant. So I'm, I'm so happy we're able to, you know, pick these things and, you know, try and diagnose what happened. But at the end of the day, I mean, I, I, I'm not talking about Vera and her experience and blah, blah, blah. Like, it, it, ultimately, it does come down to that. I'm not going to lie. But at the end of the day, if I see Christine Sinclair coming on the pitch, I'm going to put a player, like, basically in front of her. She's not going to get on the ball because all the play comes from her. All of it comes from her. Schmidt, I wouldn't have been too bothered about. But the fact is, Sinclair was free. Schmidt was able to get in and she looked like a world beater. She's actually not that good. But um, as as Karen said, a player like that coming onto the pitch lifts the team a little bit. It's it's a great substitute, it's a great change from Canada. But I still think we could have nullified that by doing what we did. And players, you know, you're for, you're forty five minutes in a World Cup. It doesn't really matter if you're a little bit tired. You're going to play your heart out. And for me, Carusa, Carusa's got to stay on the pitch. 
100%. It was absolutely incredible. The, the press started with her. It was all about her. We talk about K.E. Obviously, she's world class. Obviously, she's <laughs> the best in the world. But Carusa, for me, is one of the best number nine to hold yeah. up yeah. the ball and start that press as well. She was absolutely brilliant. So that was, for me, a big mistake as well. Yeah, we. that's why I thought, like, whatever about making one substitute at that time, but three felt completely unnecessary. One, you'd say, yeah, okay, fresh legs, maybe another person to come into the middle just to make sure they have the legs to screen across in front of Sinclair, like you said. But bring someone on that can play off Carusa, not a direct replacement. Mm. And... So talk to, like, for people who are maybe just still catching up with the game and watching it back, talk us through, Karen, some of maybe, like, the key moments from Carusa that were particularly good that kind of had you sitting there going, okay, this this is why <laughs> she needs to be on the pitch for as long as possible. I mean, it was just the fact that she bullied their centre-backs, essentially. Um, she had her body shape right every time she received the ball. She was able to hold players off, bring our midfield into the play because the distances allowed her to do that today. The passes were better into her feet. She made those runs and she was, like Emma said, she was part of the press. She was defending from the front. Even when the centre half got out, she was bearing down on them, putting them under pressure, making them put the ball out for throws high up the pitch. She was an absolute menace and she had more legs left in her. As well as that, just before we took her off, she had a really good chance in the box. She's strong in the air mm-hmm. and we were going to start probably going for a few more long crosses. And in terms of players in the box, that's not Amber's game. Amber is going to be a player that we play on the break. At that point, we were going to have a lot more ball, maybe try and throw a few more crosses into the box. We didn't need to revert to Louise that early to to capitalise on that when you have someone like Caruso in there who can cause carnage. Yeah, I mean, Caruso should have done better with that header, shouldn't mm. she? That was a great ball in. Like, it was a phenomenal ball in. She just got completely under it. Um, um, but yeah, but it's the same when you talk about putting Louise up there. I get it. I understand. But you have to get the ball in. You have to have good deliveries. I yeah, think and at that point, we were... In. At that point, we were struggling to, like, really get a grip, like you say, in that midfield to mm. get the passes, to get out wide. Um, so, yeah, it was... Buchanan came off at halftime. That's all you need to know. Caruso yeah. did that. She made that happen. And also she was up against Buchanan and Gilles, who was like considered a world class centre half. And as I said before, she made those two look quite average. And she looked for other teams that are, are looking that might get Canada. They look at this game and they'll be able to exploit Canada because of how we played in the first half. So all things considered, I, from what I'm hearing is uh, you're impressed with the team performance, the individual performance put in by most of the players. It was just some of the tactical changes and substitutions that put a bit of a question mark over this performance. Yeah. For me, yeah. yeah that was, <laughs> I, I can't, yes. Yeah, I can't pick any faults in the players' performance in the first half and then we made changes and Canada played a lot more triangles, picked a little bit more space. Now, they still weren't fantastic. Whoever gets Canada in the next round, I think, will be pretty happy. They'll have learned a lot from us, obviously, so you're welcome, but um, (laughs) not exactly what we wanted. And just disappointing that we it was like because we were so good in the first half, we felt like a draw wasn't enough. 
Mm. It just, it would have been amazing. Coming a bit of a trend, that one, isn't it? (laughs) Um, Emma, for the players now, like, obviously, tonight is going to be really, really hard. Um, They were all devastated walking through the mixed zone afterwards, as you can imagine. But what, I suppose, what can they do over the next couple of days to get themselves together? Because they do have to go face Nigeria. And, I mean, judging by what this team said, and Katie in particular, I I know that they really want to get a result for that game and to give themselves, I suppose, as well, a good sign-off as much as a thank you to all the fans who have kind of loyally followed them so far in this tournament. Absolutely. You know, obviously it will take them a couple of days to get over the result and they have to reflect on the goals as well, which for me might take a little bit longer to get over because, as I said, they were stoppable. Um, But it's all about, you know, when they reflect on on the actual games, they've done so well. Mm -hmm. They've gained so many fans, like people are talking about Ireland and our little flag up there. They've done an absolutely brilliant job. They have to finish on a high. Um, Nigeria is an extremely important game as well to keep that momentum and and to just stamp the fact that we deserve to be there. We've already done that, but basically you can't go into Nigeria and come out with a a heavy loss, for example, that would kind of ruin not everything, but it would definitely put a major dampener on there. So that they'll be back there to prove that that their point and obviously to get a, a first win in a World Cup is a massive thing. So they have goals, they have things to motivate them after they have a sleepless night. Okay. <laughs> I feel so bad for them having to get onto that plane and go straight back to Brisbane. I cannot imagine what the atmosphere is like on it. I really hope they're all just so wrecked that they fall asleep and they just have five hours apiece. Yeah, it's also not great flying after a game like that, you know, like the rain, heavy legs. They need a good sleep. Um, They probably won't get it, but to add travel on top of that is... Yeah, like they'll be licking their wounds for a while um, because it was there for us. And that that speaks volumes in itself. Like I'd, I don't think that, you know, on paper coming into this group that a lot of outsiders would have said, yeah, we'll give Australia a scare and we deserved something out of the Canada match. But that's the case and that's the positives we can take from it. But it's just, it's hard to be happy with that just now. I think you need a little to step away from it before you can reflect on all of that because we were that close. Yeah, I I have found it interesting that after both games, you know, whether it's journalists or fans are coming up and very much the Australian Canadians are like, whoo, we kind of got away with something there. And I know that wasn't the expectation for a lot of them coming into this. Um, Karen, one player I do want to ask you about is Anya Gorman coming on, obviously such a stalwart of the game, coming in on not the best circumstances. And obviously it was like literally just a couple of minutes before kickoff when that injury happened. But can you just talk a little bit about her and I suppose how much it meant seeing a player like her getting on and getting that opportunity to play in a World Cup. Yeah, um, obviously you don't like to see any player out through injury, but I wanted with all my heart to see Anya (laughs) make an appearance in this World Cup just because we've soldiered together through so much. She retired, she came back, she has a family, she's 
the epitome of a professional, even though she's, you know, an amateur player, she's out and out Irish heart. And so it was, I was really emotional seeing her, you know, we had the emotion in the first game of just like the proud moment of the whole team getting there and the significance of it all. But then you're kind of looking at your pals and you're like the people who I wanted to see um, was Anya and I thought she actually did really well because she's done it for Ireland and she's she's filled in very well and she did that again um, but she can be very very proud of everything she's done and to cap off her career with a World Cup appearance and it's it's phenomenal achievement and obviously just really so happy for her and her family and her teammates her new teammates <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's brilliant. It's brilliant for the league, you know. Um, she's kind of like the figurehead, really, of the league. She's the the poster girl, and she's done that for so long. Um, and she's had a lot of weight in her shoulders in that way. So this feels like a reward for all those years of hard work. Yeah. No, I think there was a lot of very happy Irish people. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> me. We love her. Yeah, we love, we love your own. <laughs> Yeah, we were talking to her the last weekend and it was her son's first birthday this week as well, which she missed yeah. for being over here. Happy so. birthday, James. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> happy birthday to James. Uh, she was saying she was taking loads of little videos and pictures so that she could show him one day when he's a little bit older. You know, mom was at a World Cup and that's why she wasn't there, which I thought was pretty sweet and pretty cool. Representing a lot of different people there, Anya is. So yeah, delighted that she got on. Emma, final word to you, Wash. For all the people listening at home in Ireland who are maybe feeling a little deflated this evening, what, what's your final message? Final message? Um, no, we're all a bit deflated, which is a brilliant thing. Yeah. And as I said before, it's about momentum and gaining fans and gaining the support. And I think the girls have done that. It's another massive step for women's football and uh, long may it continue and grow because I think this is another catalyst for that to happen. So, yeah, get on the train. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we are very much in the station, ready to pull off if anyone wants to join in. Uh, well, guys, thank you very much for joining me tonight. Uh, I know it wasn't the easiest one, but also this has soothed me a little bit going into hopefully what is a very long and contented sleep after today. Um, the Koi Gig Pod on OTB is brought to you by Cabri Official Snack Partners, the Republic of Ireland Women's National Team. As we've said, tonight is not the be-all and end-all, so we do actually still have another game left, and we will be bringing you all the build-up to that and also all the reaction. And just in case you thought you were getting rid of us because the Ireland aren't in the World Cup anymore, we will actually still be doing reviews of all the games in the knockout stages. So we will be with you pretty much straight up until the start of the WSL, which isn't that far away. Um, but thank you all for listening. If you have any thoughts or if you have any thing you want to say to the team or get us to read out on the podcast, please get them into us at the Koi Gig Pod on Twitter. And we will see you all very, very soon. The Koi Gig Pod on OTB Sports in association with Cadbury. A player and a half deserves a glass and a half of support.